Welcome to Inkwell, a podcast from Houston, Texas, for anyone engaged in the world of reading and writing. Inkwell is brought to you by Tintero Projects, which showcases the work of national and international Latinx and Latin American writers through readings and workshops, and Enprint, a literary arts nonprofit which, since 1983, conducts readings, workshops, and other programs to promote creative writing and reading and supports writers. Inkwell hosts Jasmine and Lupe Mendez, writers, educators, activists, and founders of Tintero Projects, will interview emerging and established writers from across the United States with energy, wit, and fresh perspective on what it means to ink well in this day and age. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this, our very first uh, podcast. My name is Lupe Mendez, uh, founder of Tintero Projects. Um, we're here at the imprint house, which is a four story mansion with like a whole pool and like a bar and there's like a butler and all sorts of stuff. And to my left, my left, my right, cause I can't tell directions, uh, is my beautiful co-host slash partner, uh, Jasmine Mendez. Say hello, Jasmine. Hi, I'm Jasmine Mendez. I am the co-founder of the Intero Projects and we are here, as Lupe said, at imprint, the two story Cute cottage <laughs> in Montrose. <laughs> and our guest would like to say hello. Hello. And that's also the guest is going to say. For right now. For right now. <laughs> um, so welcome. This this is, uh, you heard uh, you heard Kristen do the lovely intro uh, of what this show is. Um, so hopefully, as you guys get to hear what this show is about, uh, you get an opportunity to see what we're able to put bring to the table. Um, we have kind of already mapped out the next uh, few months in terms of guests. So we're really excited about what this uh, opportunity brings us. Uh, thanks to Imprint and everybody else, um, we can get the show started. So um, to begin with, so we're covering today uh, an interview with Analysia Sotelo, who uh, has a debut collection. She has two debut collections, uh, but we're going to be focusing on one of them, which is called Virgin. Um, we'll talk to her a little bit later about what the book is, but we wanted to actually get off into like some introductory kind of stuff uh, and to give some background on like how we're going to do what this show looks like. Right. Um, and so uh, we talk about um, certain things that come up in certain books and then kind of parlay that in conversation. So one of the things we looked at that we were talking about was marriage and myth-making. Yes, in reading uh, Analicia Sotelo's Virgin by Milkweed Press um, out very soon. Um, yeah, we were reading it. And so for those of you that don't know, because Lupe failed to kind of mention this, um, he's my baby daddy or we're married. Um, and so we're always... We're going to have a kid. <laughs> yes, and we're always reading poetry books and fighting over poetry books. And so it's nice that we actually kind of... Um, get to have an audience for these conversations now. Emphasis um, on fighting <laughs> about the poetry books. And so um, in reading Analicia's book, um, one of the things that I obviously noticed a recurring theme was this idea um, of relationships and like male-female relationships and um, marriage. Though I felt like there was some like underhanded negative throws at like marriage in there. And I was like, wait, hold on. No, no, no. We those, to talk about those, this, Analicia. Those, were, like, those weren't <laughs> underhanded and they were not negative. <laughs> that is spot on true. <laughs> If anybody is listening and, to this podcast and you think marriage is like a wonderful thing, let's it talk. Is, it is. Let's and talk so we talked more. about, um, and there's a lot of like idea, this idea of like myths and myth making in there. And so 
one of the things that we like to do, like Luke and I just talk about it and just kind of have fun with what we read. And so I had a question and we'll just kind of share between me and Lupe. What is uh, one of the myths that you believe or don't believe about like marriage and relationships? What are some myths? Oh, I have this. Okay. First of all, wait, it's not a myth. This is real. This is me hitting the table. This is real. Anytime, this is my experience, and you could judge me. I don't care. I'll fight you in the street. Let's go. Um, I, in terms of relationships, every kind of relationship that I've been in with a female, and the minute she cuts her hair, within like two months, yo, it's over. Like, it's a done deal. This whole like, I need a change. And then snip, and then... Bah, and, and See, and I've always known that the female cuts the hair after the relationship is over is like a letting go and like a shedding of like this old Well, then I guess the girls weight. I was dating were like, oh, it's time for you to go, snip. <laughs> they were ready snip. before. So that's, I don't know. So yeah, so every it. time I cut my hair, he thinks that for like, I'm leaving him, which obviously is not going to happen. So I think- I freak out though. I, I think do freak out because I'm like, like, oh my God, what did you, did you just cut your hair? What did I do wrong? What happened? I just wanted to change. <laughs> See, that's scary. <laughs> but not from you. Oh, was that? That's cool. Like, change the drapes or like get a new robe. <laughs> wow, so no haircut. No haircut. No haircut. Um, um, I, one of my or did you have a question? I don't know. I didn't have a question. I should okay. come up with a question. I'm awful. No, it's okay. So, well, one of the myths that I have about relationships is like this idea of the one who got away. Of it, like. I mean, I believe in it. You know, you and I talked about this a little bit, but I just feel like. Speak more on that because what? I don't understand you whatsoever. <laughs> no, you I can laugh. Like... You can laugh, guest. <laughs> okay. You can laugh all you want because that's hot mess. You, say, you said you believed in the one who got away because there's always that like anticipation of like, well, what what, what? could have been? But like, I just don't really necessarily like feel like I need to live in, in that space. Nobody is asking you to live in that space. <laughs> what, like, what, like... And, I, and I also think that there's like a risky nostalgia. Like I always feel like. One of the worst things that people can do to themselves is like live like nostalgically like, oh, those were better times. Oh, that was such a great. But then like when you really break it down, there's a reason you're not together. And like clearly that probably was not the best option for you. So like, bye, get away, like get away and stay away. It's okay if you got away. Well, so you, okay. So then that means that you didn't have a situation relationship wise in which like it just didn't work out. There was one, but then I realized oh. in retrospect, like he was a jerk and I was like, that's <laughs> probably better that he got away because no, <laughs> he was a jerk. But, but I'm saying like things that are like those things for outside of your relationship that didn't like you in like the two of you together were good, but there were things outside of the relationship that like pulled you apart. And that's no, it was always either me or him. One of us was not doing something right. <laughs> so, oh. so it wasn't, it wasn't well, the world. It wasn't the greater forces so, of life. Okay. Well, I've had I've had a relationship where like it just didn't work out because things are crazy, and so okay. like that's you know that happens. You know, I'm not pining for anybody else. So no, neither am I. You better not be. <laughs> Obviously. Ooh, um, so yeah. Now the myth of marriage. Let's talk about the myth that is marriage. Um, Why is it a myth? I'm sorry. It's not a myth. It's. <laughs> No, here's the thing that I think is the myth in marriage is this, like, yes, there is a change once you, like, put a ring on a finger, I but then, like, there's this either ball and chain. There's, there's two scopes of it. There's the whole ball and chain aspect that people are like, oh, no, marriage is the worst thing ever. And then people who make marriage more important, like, as an institution kind of thinking, whereas... I think it's I don't I don't 
Like I now, the only difference is we have an account together and I just, I turn over money and I don't know what it gets spent on <laughs> and I can't find my underwear <laughs> and that's uh, pretty. Well, I think, I think with your regard to like the, the myth of like the institution of marriage or like for, okay. So I think it's different for male and females where like your like identity doesn't hinge on whether you get married or not. And like for females, especially like Latina females, like there's so much of like this, like, like even like with, with marriage and children. Right. So like. I get a book published. Everyone's like, oh, that's cute. And they pat me on the back. I get pregnant and everybody wants to throw me a freaking party <laughs> down the road or when I get married. And I'm like, do y'all realize how much work? Like this book took 10 years. This baby takes nine months. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> like, and I, and I get that like human life is beautiful. Obviously, like I wouldn't be having a baby if I didn't understand and know the right. miracle of life. But like you kind of see the difference in like marriage is like this, like this ultimate goal for like women to reach towards, Right. Um, and then, but then, but, and, but our value should be like so much more. Whereas for men, it's like career and like climbing the ladder and like well, doing all these things. Okay, but there's and another so, whole, like, there's a whole other, other, there's a whole other aspect to that in terms of even again, the whole concept of like Latino families. If you're like older and you haven't gotten married as a Latino male, that's also like, uh, oh, well, what's wrong with him that he's not. Is it though? Yes. Like my family was like, y la novia. Like anytime I would go to any function, it was like, oh, yeah. do you have a girlfriend yet? No. Well, why not? Like there was something like, oh, like I just got a degree. Ta da. Nope. Like not good enough. The mention. But the, you have to admit the stigma is a lot heavier for girls, for females, women than it is. It can be. But I think too, like. Because like if otherwise, like you're just like the bachelor that like didn't, you know, didn't get married. That's fine. But like. Oh, you're the old maid. You're the like jamona. You're like all these things, and it's just like for those of you that don't know uh, Dominican Spanish, jamona is the same thing as loba in Mexican Spanish. So the spinster, spinster, spinster. In uh, if we had to do, or if, like you have too many boyfriends and you never settle down, then you're also like a whore. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's bad. Well, okay, but in either <laughs> case, your mo- and mothers are not happy with either of you know, those things for that's their true. kids, yeah, men but- or women. So. But the weight is heavier for women. The weight okay, is always. Okay, and moving forward. <laughs> so so we've established want... that. We've established that. I wish we had a beer. Right? <laughs> Next Several time. beers. Next time. This is the way the show kind of rolls. So you just witness us having what would be normally the conversation of us sitting on the couch, pausing in the middle of some Netflix show that we just watched. And so that's what would normally happen. Um, and so the way the show goes from this point on is – we do the introductions for our guest. Uh, they will read a piece. We do an interview. They'll read another piece. Uh, and then we'll have another segment of the show. And then that's pretty much it. If you're listening to this really early in the morning, you can sit through traffic and have a good time. And if you're going to bed with us at night, please dream of like unicorns and dragons and bears. And poetry. And poems. You're listening to Inkwell. Welcome back to uh, Inkwell, like you went anywhere, because I keep thinking this is like a regular radio show. <laughs> um, so introductions for this segment. Um, this is the biography of um, the bio for Annalisa Sotelo. Uh, Annalisa Sotelo is the author of Virgin, the inaugural winner what, of the Jake Adam York Prize, selected by Ross Gay, forthcoming in February 2018. That's next month. Uh, Bustle says... 
Quote, Virgin introduces readers to a young Mexican-American feminist narrator who is sarcastic and unafraid, curious and self-discovering, and interested in everything from unrequited love and heartbreak to unromanticized sex and the historical fraught terrain of virginity and so much more. End quote. And Alicia is also the author of the chapbook Nonstop Godhead, selected by Rigoberto Gonzalez for the 2016 Poetry Society of America Chapbook Fellowship, 30 and Under. And her poem, I'm Trying to Write a Poem About a Virgin and It's Awful, was selected for Best New Poets 2015 by Tracy K. Smith. Man, getting all those things. Um, her poems have appeared or are forthcoming in The New Yorker, Boston Review, Kenyan Review, New England Review, Iowa Review, and the Antioch Review. She's the 2016 Disquiet International Literary Prize winner in poetry and holds a BA in English Literature from Trinity University and an MFA in poetry from the University of Houston. She currently serves as Director of Communications and Development for the nonprofit Writers in the Schools here in Houston, Texas, and she lives I think just down the street. Yeah. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Alicia Sotelo. <laughs> um, so we start off the segment if you have a poem. Oh, sure. Okay. Sweet. I'm going to start off with Do You Speak Virgin? Which is the first poem of the collection. This wedding is some hell. A bouquet of cacti wilting in my hand while my closest friends sit on a bar bench, stir the sickles in their drinks, smile up at me. The moon points out my neckline like a chaperone. My veil is fried tongue and chicken wire hanging off to one side. I am a Mexican-American fascinator. Let me cluck my way to an empty field where my husband stays silent and the stars are the arachnid eyes of my mother-in-law, duplicitous, ever-present in the dark. I'm not afraid of sex. I'm afraid of his skeleton knocking against the headboard in the middle of the night. I'm afraid I am a blind goat with a ribbon in my hair, with screws for eyes. I'm afraid wherever I walk, it's purgatory. I meet a great lake with rust-colored steam rising. Someone somewhere has committed murder, hides in the bushes with an antique mirror. The virgins are here to prove a point. The virgins are here to tell you to fuck off. The virgins are certain there's a circle of hell dedicated to that fear you'll never find anyone else. You know what it looks like. All the lovers cloaked in blood and salt and never satisfied. A priest collar like a giant tooth in the midnight sky. I want to know what's coming in the afterlife before I sign off on arguments in the kitchen and the sight of him fleeing to the car once he sees how far and wide, how dark and deep this frigid female mind can go. Oh, Very nice. Beautiful. And you guys probably can't hear that, but then suddenly like a howl of wind started near yeah, the end of that awesome. poem. That was like so cool. I was just like, yes. Josh, can you put a howl of wind in this thing later? <laughs> the wind later. Um, such a lovely voice. Thank you for Thank that. Thank you. Um, so yeah, just kind of bouncing off of that. Congratulations on the collection. Yes, oh, thanks so congratulations. much. Congratulations. When is it officially out? Uh, February 13th. Right before Valentine's Day. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Was that a plan? Did you plan that? You no, plan but that? it's so great, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's, awesome. it's perfect. That's the cover's awesome. like pink and it's got it's very nice. And mm-hmm. Yes. I think you're even having like an anti Valentine's Kinda, release yeah. party. It's at Brazos. <laughs> um, it's going to be that weekend. Nice. And so hoping to have some, you know, some virginal cocktails, unvirginal cocktails. Which will be good for the pregnant that's people in there. <laughs> 
yeah. That'll work. Work. Yeah. I'll have whatever bit. she's not drinking. Right. Yeah. 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 Work. Very nice. Very nice. So I want to just start because a lot of the book, and I'm going to butcher this, but that's okay because white folks butcher Latino names <laughs> all the time. Yes, so I'm going to butcher this Greek name. Um, why Adrianade? That's wrong. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I actually you don't know. Don't know. <laughs> okay. So the Good funny part is I had a student whose name is Ariadna, so I'm going to say Ariadne. Uh, maybe I'm gonna spanglishize the I hell out of that. It. I don't know Greek. I will say <laughs> <laughs> I say Ariadne, Ariadne. but if okay. a Greek person corrects me on it, then I will repronounce it. Yes, right. The me way too. It should be done. Of course. But um, I say Ariadne. Okay. So why what drew you to her into that myth as sort of like a a common kind of thread that went throughout speaker and that mm, went throughout okay. your um so did she say? So I really love the Surrealists. I really love going over to the Manila Museum and going to that room with all the crazy stuff in there that inspired them. And um, I think it's my his name is De Chirico, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right because he's mm-hmm. Italian. And he has this sleeping Ariadne in all of his mm-hmm. like in a lot of his paintings, and it's this motif. And he he believed that it represented melancholy. And then he did some more research, and I saw that someone else um, thinks that uh, Nietzsche saw Ariadne as like this this like feminine force that helped Theseus find his way through the maze, the way that the sort of like female energy helps the male energy, like uncover the subconscious. It's like really like heady stuff. But I I thought to myself like, okay, I'm writing all these poems about relationships and, but really if they were, if in the myth of Ariadne, right, she falls in love with this guy Theseus who's not even like from her, you know, village Block. or city or whatever. <laughs> right. He's coming in to like kill her half brother, who's a half minotaur thing right. that they keep in this maze to kill off his people. So anyway, he comes in to like come kill the mentor. She falls in love with him and she gives him this red thread and a sword. And he wouldn't have been able to do it if she hadn't give him, given him this thread, red thread to like get through that maze. Women always saving men. I know. Saving the and day. Then, <laughs> and then he, they fall in love. She runs away with him and they're at this island called Naxos. And he just like leaves her there in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so there's all these different versions of the myth where like where like one version is that he's just an asshole and he's just like left her there. And then the Sounds other one me. is that like Hera got jealous. This is the like, you know, whatever the other myth. All right. Hera got jealous and was like, come away to the sea. And the third one is that Dionysus wanted to marry her. Um, but I thought I thought the first one was most true to life. So um it really appealed to me. And then I love this idea of her kind of having a morning after experience and waking up and realizing like, Oh shit, what did I just do? Yeah. And he's gone. You know, she's these little ships sailing off. And I was thinking like, that's kind of how, you know, a lot of like kind of like early twenties relationships are where you're just like, what just happened? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of my inspiration for using her as a character. I like, I like, and then I'm, Partially, I don't know if not offended, but like you're always offended by feminist views. <laughs> but then you think, call yourself a feminist, <laughs> so I really don't understand. Wow, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's the beat up on Lupa show. Like, <laughs> what just happened? Right, what no, no, I think because like, you're always so quick to like you want to defend women and you believe in like yes, like female like empowerment, but then you're always like people are always hating on men, <laughs> and that's not right either. Because no, I think and, like not this- all men are jerks. <laughs> I'm not a jerk. And so it's like, dude, like just I accept, take some scenes. First of all, <laughs> I, oh I accept, I accept all those pieces, and that makes total sense. But again, it's like in this particular case, I do like that's a to- that's a spot on understanding of like that that swooning moment about relationships in which 
like you get caught up in all the the early parts of what's an exciting thing until you realize like you know what are all the the fires that started because of how you came into a particular i think it's what's equally interesting is i think it happens for both men and women mm-hmm. in certain instances like i don't think in this case did did ariadne realize that she was helping the home dude like off her half brother kind of the like mm-hmm. how does did that she though I'm I I I can't tell. Them that. I th- in some versions, I think I've read that she like took some kind of like love potion type thing, and so that. But I mean, it's a metaphor for yeah. like being in love, right? Yeah, gotcha. right, right. Gotcha. And so like she was like blinded. She was so like yeah. in the throes of love that she didn't even hmm. yeah. But I think that's valid though. I mean, I think I think my hope would be that like I know men will probably read this too, and my hope would be that they would see also themselves in Ariadne mm. too. You right. know, it's not just exclusive to her. It's just that I happen to. She appealed to me as a character, mm. but like, I think it's about anyone who kind of gets like, they do, they put a lot of sacrifice into something and maybe like that happens more to women mm. sometimes, but you know, it happens to men too. I think guys are a little more delicate than we give them credit for. <laughs> no, <laughs> that we, that we admit Oh, then you admit. Oh, well, yeah, 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 of course, of course. Thanks I think for so. cutting me off as I was in the middle of a thought <laughs> yes. and whatever. Yeah. So, but but I think like the work that as I was reading it, I thought it was was um, there's such a there's such a like a jazz smooth like mm-hmm. having known your voice and having you seen having seen you read before, like all I could picture was just that level and that tone across mm-hmm. all the poems. So I thought it was very dope. Like oh, cool. congratulations on the Thank work itself. You. And then for me, take this as a compliment, totally. <laughs> it was like I always see her as like, oh Annalisa. And she's like, you know, yeah. Annalisa. And then you read this book and you're like, oh Annalisa. <laughs> you're gonna, the other side. You're like, <laughs> Bones okay. flying at the book. <laughs> Like, yes, sex, drugs, and alcohol. All right. <laughs> Although I do. Yo, that's something. I, you know what? I wish we did have a bottle of something right now because that, like. That is also spirits. a motif that comes up. Mm, I don't that's know if it's true. That comes that's up true. a lot. In and and was was that an intentional thing? Like, was this the, there a level of, of, because spirits do. And so, but the duality of that, right? Like, like the spirits that emerge of historical constructs and familial constructs. But then also liquor spirits, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, where did was that a subconscious thing, or is that just part of also the early twenties kind of a understanding of what the world looks like? Right. right? Um, that's so interesting. You know, I think I was kind of surprised by how much liquor came up as I was writing it. <laughs> I was like, I don't even, I don't even drink that much. Like, this is like, <laughs> Do, are you admitting some things? Do this is uh, Inkwell is now a uh, <laughs> intervention system. So um, for poets and writers <laughs> for poets and writers. <laughs> Oh my god, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. I'd come. But anyway, so yeah, I um it was surprising to me, but I think that so the, as I was reading the book, I started to see that well, first of all, I okay, to address your thing, Jasmine. I think like writers, a lot of times they surprise us or any artist mm-hmm. because they have this person that they are in the everyday and then they have this person that's in their work, which is like the subconscious like version of themselves. And um and that's kind of like a little bit of the project of the book, I think, is being able to say like, hey, you know, people with resting nice face, like here's a book for you. So you can like talk about how you have other elements and complications. But the spirits, I think, is very like Dionysian. You know, you have this kind of like this this thing that is a strong opposite to being like very like 
rigid and uptight about how you view the world. And if you look at the sort of virgin character of this book early on, like she's very like judgy and very like, oh, I don't want to like, that's not for me. That's for other people. That's for couples Mm -hmm. that are making mistakes. You know what I mean? And then this, then she starts to like incorporate the spirits more and Mm -hmm. think more about like, oh, there's more fluidity to life and there's more like flexibility to relationships. I think. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, did, did you have another question? You can, you can go. <coughs> you have a question. <coughs> I'll swallow some spit. Um, so there was one thing that, that caught me. There's a, a reference to triplets and like threes. Several and, times. Yeah. yeah. So that. like there was a thing in there that was about. Um, there were like three flowers. There were three flowers. There but, were three women. There was a three headed woman. There was triplets near one of the last poems. And one of the last poems, poem. there was an image a of uh, a young girl and then um, three babies laying on a bed mm-hmm. to that effect. So, like, where, well, yo, was that, like, a subconscious thing or was that, like, an intentional, how did that mm. pop itself in there? Wow. Is your favorite number three? Like, is that what you, <laughs> lotto tickets? Is that, what is that, how does that work out? It's a secret code. It's a, <laughs> it's a Latino code. It's a Latino code. <laughs> Um, no, uh, yeah, that's so interesting. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't think about that. That's like an amazing catch that you found. I think, um, you know, obviously like in Catholicism and a lot of like, you know, Western religion, three is like a very important number. And so like, for me, it's like, it's it's like a number of balance, number of like multiplicity. Um, so I've always like favored it, but that doesn't, but I don't know if I consciously was like, let me put three in this poem and three in this <laughs> like, poem. And here's the master plan. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. That's yeah, dope. I immediately, when we were talking about it at home, I immediately kind of attributed it to like, like you said, Catholicism, like Holy Trinity. The book is called Virgin. And so you're, I'm thinking like Virgin Mary and like Jesus and the Holy Trinity. Like I went all kinds of ways yeah, <laughs> with, so yeah, with that whole that. like situation. So I literally, when yeah. I read it, I was like, oh, okay. Being like, you know, I Rolodexed it and then I kept on thinking through it. And then I saw it again and I saw it happen again. And it was like, oh, but then, and then I started thinking like mythology, what are the threes that exist and and then I drew a blank because I don't I suck at Greek mythology. Yeah, I do too. So I was like, oh well. Well, the three headed thing is from uh, what is it? Oh, I'm the worst right now. Serious? What is the the three headed dog? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the reference there. The one in Harry Potter is the one. No, I'm kidding. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's it. A, that's, <laughs> that's the one. The one. <laughs> I'm a Ravenclaw. Um, did you, I, cause I'm, I'm going to go, I have another one. Go for it. Okay. So in terms of, of, you kind of already answered it before when you were talking about, uh, seeing the Manil collection and the the surrealist element, but so it kind of leads me to this other question in terms of writing in, in about space and place and even state of mind and like uh, a stage of life kind of deal, right? Like Mm -hmm. where, in the spaces that exist in these poems, how much of home do you bring into the writing in this book? Like, are there elements of either Houston, which kind of already exists in some of these pieces, but like does San Antonio exist mm. in some of these pieces? Mm-hmm. And how do they come forth? And like, what, what of that was in there? That's nice. I like that. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel, I think it's, <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like a lot of, West Texas and Laredo were in there actually, because that's like I grew up when I was real little in Laredo, and then I my my grandma lived out in Quemado, which is west 
like she has like a, a ranch out there. It's all uh-huh. bare, and like the town has like I don't know two hundred people in there, and we get to travel into the town to like see people. Anyway, so that arid landscape was very influential. Um, a lot of the like paintings that I saw when I was young from you know like Latinx artists are in there. Um, and San Antonio, I don't, I don't know if it comes out as much. I, th- I feel like when I moved to San Antonio, it felt like very much, very much a city and more suburban, even though there's plenty of landscape there to see. Um, and then when it came to Houston, it felt like, like that was a, that was a more of a social community and encountering different ideas and, and things there. But I always like to like nod to Laredo because I, I love that landscape and um, it's just like very home to me. Yeah, that's perfect. That makes sense. That's good. Yeah, no, so like she and I are both like from San Antonio-ish. Like I say that with hesitation. Um, <laughs> but that never shows up in my writing and it's not because. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I'll save that for another conversation. If all of y'all can see the face I'm making right now, I don't even know what you're If San Antonio, if you're listening to this, I love you though. <laughs> that's awesome. She said that, not me. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't, don't claim that love. But, Such um, shade. <laughs> it's all good. There's love there. There's some love. (laughs) (laughs) What, um, what, what's next? Like, what do you, what are you going to be working on Hmm. aside from, and I'm, so there's like, you know, where your head is in terms of putting this book out there and like all that. But then like, are there any projects? Like, are you sitting and writing anything? Are you like sitting back and like letting your brain rest for a little bit? Mm. I did a lot of, so I wrote Virgin really slowly. And like over the course of a few years. And so I like, I kind of had like when the book was taken, when they accepted it, then I had like rest time. And so now I'm like ready to like get started again. So I'm working on um, a new book of poems and I tend to write like by the poem rather than by the project. So I just try to like write a poem that, that moves me that I think is working deeply with um, like my intuitive like abilities. And then uh, I'm, I'm maybe, maybe going to write a YA book. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I've said this maybe many times too, but it's, Wait, it's hard. It's, it's yeah, like hard it's to make that leap and go yeah. into another genre, but yeah. I think it'd be really cool. Sounds so, fun. That's dope, yo. Kind of speaking on that, one of my questions that I had had that kind of draws on what are you working on, I come looking at the bigger picture of like Annalisa Sotelo, the writer's legacy, if you will. Um, <laughs> What, like, what would you want, like, the Annalisia myth to be, like, related to either writing or personal, professional, hmm. whatever? Like the Boeta myth? Like yeah. the persona of, uh-huh. right? Because when you, yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it's true because my everyday personality is, like, very like, nice and, like, oh, I love everyone and, you know. Um, but my poet personality is a little different, but, um, I think that I would hope to be someone who can like be genuine with people, um, even amidst the persona. Um, but also just like, I think like when you're an artist, you get a chance to put the projected personality, this projected personality out there, um, of what you intend for yourself too. So I think being someone who's like confident and like bold and like wants to do new projects and wants to like, I would like for regular everyday people like ourselves, but who don't practice poetry to be able to read it and enjoy it again. You know, I think there's like a real movement for that with like Instagram poets and stuff, there's pop poetry, but also a place where people can like understand like really like poetry that's harder to understand, 
right? That you kind of take, yeah. takes time to study. And I think it's like a language. And so trying to bring that back and help people like understand the language is like something that I'm hoping to work on with other people. Um, but also just like, I want to be like cute and fun and wear nice, fun, colorful clothing like a Latina. So I think you should start leaving little notes for yourself like, uh, at different like park benches and that libraries like Annalisa Sotelo has a Winchester shotgun like on top of her fireplace or like <laughs> like stuff that's like, like stuff that's like totally <laughs> like Annalisa Sotelo uh, like will take you down with brass knuckles right in a bar fight like right. that kind of, yeah, this stuff like that yeah well because you don't want anyone to tie down who your personality is you know it's that's like true. that's when well that's because I had someone to say that about me um, where. You know, very early on when I was doing spoken word, I would do a lot of like very politically charged, like mm-hmm. angry, like mi gente, my people, whatever. And then like they would talk to me and I'm like, I'm from the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> and they would be like, they're so confused. Like on stage and your poetry is like, mi gente, la raza. And then like you get off stage and you're like, so I want a margarita and some cupcakes. Oh my gosh, that sounds really good. This <laughs> and so they were just like so confused. I was like, well, that's like a different, you know, like. And the hilarity of all that too is like <laughs> yeah. on the flip end of that, like I'm, if you're hearing this right now, like maybe you've giggled a couple of times. I, like funny, haha, none of my poems have any kind of humor whatsoever. Oh, they They're, don't. He doesn't write humor. I don't write funny poems. I don't know why. <laughs> no me sale. So it's like yeah. in terms of like that work, it's very much that's, it's very much like the more political that kind of mm. stuff. Like when you walk away from my work, um, you're like exhausted. I'm sorry, whatever. But like, <laughs> like outside of that, I'm such an extrovert about all sorts of stuff. So it's a very different, like, you know, I'm hoping like we were like, hey, we're going to have a good time with the poems. Poem about my sad life. Yeah. Like, yeah, the loop, kind of- the loop and myth is that you're going to have a good time all the time. But with this poetry, you're, <laughs> it's, it's you're just like, case. oh, the world sucks. <laughs> But like, I feel like that's what, I don't know. That's one of the things that most people don't maybe have access to with poetry is that it gives you a chance to be this other side of yourself that you have to like, if you're being a polite everyday citizen, you have to push down. Right. You know what I mean? Right, and right, like, right, right. and just because you come from the suburbs can't mean, doesn't mean you can't be upset about what's happening to your people. <laughs> yeah. It's true. true. You know? True. So it's kind of yeah. like. Mm. Well, and I think there's also this, this level of. That which we're able to bring to a page or a stage, like those are those, again, like you said, like there, there's there's two sides to all these things. Like hopefully all of this allows everybody to get a bigger, broader sense of what poetry can do and how it all works out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I do I do think marriage is wonderful. Oh, she, she had to do that in there. I was going to ask her about that, but I was like, I don't want to get too personal. I'm not going to ask her about no, that. No, we'll like, I think, yeah. I think marriage is... Just going back to that quickly, I think one of the myths is that it's supposed to be like rainbows and sunshine all the time. It and is. Like, <laughs> is it really? It is. Is that what you're saying? So you won't sleep on the couch tonight? <laughs> I don't ever sleep on the couch. That's a myth. Sleeping on the couch. My ass is too old to be sleeping on no damn couch. I'm 41. Try to put my ass on a couch. I'll walk out the house. Scene. <laughs> No, it is. Of course. I mean, and I I, th- I think it changes. I think people have to know that like love obviously changes as you like get older and go deeper and experience different things mm-hmm. together. So and I think for me, it was more about, I think like anything, there's good, there's good marriages and there's bad marriages. And I think that like what I was interested in was this like societal 
like pressure that like, you know, kind of like if you're a couple, you get like the stamp of approval, like, oh, that one, you know, that one's got, and when I was a single person, I felt like very like this like underlying, like, okay, like either you're dangerous because you're single and you're around us or like, I'm not that interested in like personal life because like I've got so much going on. Right. Right. And so mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting and like, not to like, you know, I just wanted to talk about that kind of emotional situation. Mm-hmm. There is, there is like a, a not a stick stigma. Yeah. Maybe stigma faux pas. I don't even know. But like being like, we have friends that, you know, I'm a little older and, and like all my friends, we went through our twenties and then thirties and then slowly people got married and we still have a friend, a couple of friends that are still single and like, nobody really thinks of it, but like, we're, like other people might be able to say, oh, well, poor them. They haven't found. Mm-hmm. And like that's there's the, there's nothing wrong with any of that in either case. And so it's I think that's. And I also think there's like as you get older, like if you're in your 20s and you get married and you have single friends, there's I don't know. I feel like younger people who are married feel like single people are like a threat or like, oh, we don't know. And like stay away because our lives are so different than yours. Mm-hmm. And then you get in your 30s and you're just kind of like, eh. <laughs> Like, there's single people, there's married people, what Margaritas. Like, we're all tired and stressed out. We all look like cupcakes. Yeah, let's go. Everybody's like, like, I'm I'm eating that shit right now. And so, so yeah, I don't know. So cool. Okay. Awesome. So that brings us to a second poem. Okay. Can we twist your arm for a second? Sure. Sweet. Okay. Um, This second poem is called My Mother as the Voice of Kahlo. Um, And uh, yeah, it's in reference to... Frida Kahlo, for anybody who may not know, although everyone probably knows because she's like a queen now. I don't she know was always is. a queen. I don't know <laughs> who that is. Who? But she has like merchandise now. Okay. I am 14 and feeling ugly, looking at a unibrow like the one I'd like to get rid of. When my mother says, yes, it's supposed to be a bird. See, she did it on purpose. See, she didn't care what people thought of her, only what they were made of, which animals were inside and why. Here, she's a stag in mid-leap, with nine arrows in her body, alive, bleeding. Her grief is constant and irreparable, like the crown of fresh flowers she killed each day. See, the instinct for painting is the instinct for power. Women don't choose work over love, but it's not the same for men. See, all men are in love with themselves, like Diego and her father, and even an artist will leave his wife behind, but he can't if she runs harder, if she's both hunter and sacrifice. Snaps. Full snaps. That hurt a little. <laughs> it's such a good that poem. That poem was like, I agree with Jasmine on everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and I love Frida, so it was perfect. So it's just like, yes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Speak. you've been listening to uh, Inkwell, a imprint slash Tintero Projects collaborative podcast. And we'll be back with Another little segment. And we're back. Since uh, I can talk sometimes too, I'm allowed, right? Uh, our last segment, very no, quickly, we have. You're never a- allowed to talk. <laughs> We have a uh, lightning round of questions where we're just going to um, throw some kind of either or type questions um, at Analicia and you just come oh. first answer that comes to mind. Um, Lupe has some. I've got like one or two. And uh, yeah, shoot, go. All right. So here's the way this works. You will answer these questions as quickly as possible. You maybe get like a minute to kind of think through. No. Oh my gosh. 30 seconds. 30 seconds to think through. <laughs> okay. And uh, these are highly important deeply intellectual intellectually thought out questions life-changing questions life-changing questions if you're keeping count 
folks that are listening to this podcast, uh, you can ask each, you know, if you're listening with a friend, you can ask each other these questions too. So you can pause it and then ask the question and then come back to what this thing interactive is. Podcast We're all an of interactive sudden. podcast. <laughs> Wah, do something. So here we go. Honest answers. You can't not say skip. You have to answer them. Or both. It's like one, either one or either. And you can't, and you can't do both. You can't do both. You have okay. to It's like a would you rather situation. Okay. It's not a would you rather okay, situation. Right, That's don't. not what, don't. All right. <clears throat> All right, here we go. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, the lightning round with Annalisa Sotelo. Number one, Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Number two, vanilla or chocolate? Vanilla. Number three, a hot bath or hot shower? Hot shower. Um, four, tacos, flour or corn? <laughs> Why do you ask me this? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew that was going to do it. This is a trick question. Talk. <laughs> TikTok. I'm going to answer honestly, but I will say that sometimes I like to have corn, but they have to be very good corn tortillas. Okay. But I do love sugar, so I'm going to go with flour. Okay. That's the only reason. She's just afraid of losing it's some called of her, Arena. Her I know what it's called. Yeah. Mexican points. That's fine. She's That's fine. fine. Uh, five, a mixed drink or a beer? Mm, depends on my mood. Depends on my mood. Uh, a I happy like a, day. A yeah, beer. Uh, worst day of your life. The worst day of my life. Oh, for the drink? Oh, definitely mixed drink. Okay. But Which, but only if it's like a has whiskey in it. That's we okay. Got that we caught book. that he from the book. That. I said like, I was like, She's, it's always whiskey in the book. <laughs> so that's a deal. So okay, as far as as far now we this, this, now so this we is know. like the part B of that same question. <laughs> okay, okay. Lightning round. It's a slow lightning. Um, um, okay, so if it is a mixed drink, what's the mixed drink? Ooh. Probably in Manhattan. Ooh, look at you. Because it makes me feel like old style. That you know? Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> See? The, okay, uh, brownies or a cheesecake? Brownies or a cheesecake? Oh, brownies. Brownies. You crinkled your eyebrows. What is there? Because I would probably I would just want cake. <laughs> just, like, just in general. <laughs> oh, just cake? Just cake. <laughs> okay, well, if a cake, which kind? Uh, okay, uh, probably like a white or lemon cake with buttercream frosting. Damn. Why has it got to be white? <laughs> Why is it? This, this is wrong. Sipping my tea. That's right. I feel violated. Um. Okay. Netflix or a movie? Oh. <clears throat> mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A Netflix Netflix. movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, like a okay. movie that's in the theater. Like it a depends new- on what's. It depends on what's out. But probably like Netflix if it's a really good show. I like to watch like really trash TV. What are you watching right now? Empire. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's on Hulu. So it's a complicated question. It's a, it is complicated. <laughs> We're watching. What are we watching? We just finished watching The Fall. That was a really good show. Oh. British people. Oh, no. Scottish. It's Scottish people. I also like Stranger Things. Did y'all see that? Oh, yes. yeah. We're caught up. Uh, but with more than, or there's like an extra Stranger Things show. I don't even know what that is. Oh. I'll find it. I'll send you the thing. Keep going. Lightning round. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. You just yeah. poked me. Um, last thing you bought in 2017. Mm. I think it was an Amazon gift for my dad. Sweet. Uh, first thing you bought in 2018? Uh, <laughs> rain boots. Nice. They were on sale at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> I got my rain boots at Walmart. Okay, another another tortilla question. Mm-hmm. If they're heated, stove or the microwave? Oh, that's like definitely stove, okay. right? I would agree. 
I agree. <laughs> She's unsure. <laughs> like everyone should be using this though for so, yeah, a command, of course. Yeah. Uh, okay, number twelve. An unrecognized number calls you. Answer it or let it ring. I always answer it because what if it's like uh, I don't know. What if I like haven't paid a bill? Or maybe that's why I don't answer. That's it. why I don't answer. <laughs> I was like, that's it. a number from. Like, that's a number from Kingsville. Well, one time I answered the phone and it was the Virgin thing, the the oh, book thing. Oh, and the if prize. I hadn't answered yeah. it, you wouldn't have known. They would have left a message. It wouldn't have been the same. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Good point. Uh, cats or dogs? Dogs. What kind? Big dog, little dog? Medium size to little. Well, I like I like labs. But that's the only big dog I like. Mm-hmm, okay. okay. Uh, best day of the week? Uh, um, Tuesday. I hate Tuesdays. What? That's okay. <laughs> the hell? I just feel like it's- <laughs> Wait, why? Why is Tuesday? Why Tuesday? Why Tuesday? What? Why is Tuesday? What? I thought this was a simple yes or no. <laughs> um, Tuesdays because, okay, it's not Monday, so it's not awful, right? First yeah, thing. Okay. You kind of get used to the week, kind of like waking up a little bit. Bad things usually don't happen on Tuesday. They usually happen on Wednesdays in the middle of the week when people are tired of being at work. Oh. Okay, well, except for that. <laughs> How did you remember that? And Aaliyah died on a Tuesday. Okay, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> My other never favorite right, day is right. Saturday. <laughs> Tuesdays, Tuesdays are cool. Fine. Tuesdays are cool. Tuesdays it's fine. Uh, you just ruined it. You're not allowed to talk while I'm doing I this. I only know because I made like a huge stink in high school about how much I hated Tuesdays. And then those two things happened. And I was like, this is why I hate no, Tuesdays. I hate Wednesdays. So okay. there you go. I don't like Wednesdays because it's like a fake. It's like, hey, hump day. And I'm like, I still have two more days. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Uh, okay. Three things you find sexy as fuck. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. This is why I said a minute. Intellectual guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a hard one. Mm-hmm. Oh, people with charisma. Okay. Yeah. Um. Twenty seconds. The feeling after you have a margarita. Oh. That is nice. That's, That's a sexy feeling. That's a sexy feeling. <laughs> okay, I have two very okay. quick ones. Uh, Frida or Dali? Oh, so hard, but obviously Frida. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> I think you answered this one earlier, but I just need to confirm. Houston or San Antonio? Oh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> She's going to say neither. She's going to say Laredo or something. No, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> um, I love Houston because you can meet a person from any kind of culture here, like, so fast. And I love that. I think the whole world should be that diverse. That's my thought. Bam. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Inkwell. Yay. Thank you, guys. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Just with that all. Yeah. One last time, can you tell us the title of your book? Who published it? When's it coming out? Okay. All the good stuff. Virgin. It's coming out with Milkweed Editions. And it's coming out February 13th. And please come out to the Brazos reading that weekend and find it on Facebook or go to Brazos' website. Sweet. And if folks want to reach you, what's the what, what's um, your Twitter? I have a Twitter. It's very sophisticated. Analicia Sotelo. Sweet. And so is my IG, Instagram. Nice. Follow me. Are you on the snaps? I am, but I don't use it that much. I just use it to take funny pictures of myself and save them to myself. Oh, well, that's even better. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay, thanks. Sweet. Do you have Thank a website yet? Are you still oh, working yeah, on that? Yeah, I have a website. Yes, website. Yeah, yeah. analiciasotelo.com. Check out my website and reach out. And if you want to do projects or readings or whatever, let me know. Cool. Book tour's coming soon, guys, so yeah. watch out for it. Get the book now while you can. Or wait, when the book comes out, get the book. You can pre-order it now on um, Milkweed's website. That's the best place to pre-order it. Sweet. Uh, but it's also on Amazon. And you can get it at Brazos you can, and when the reading happens. 
awesome. your chapbook, is that still available? That's still available, but you have to go to the Poetry Society of America website. And it's a good website, and it's a good book, and it's not very expensive. So if you want to give it as a gift to somebody, that's nice, too. So. It's a New Year's gift. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So awesome. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the interview. It was awesome. Thanks. And next time you can see us or hear us, excuse me, uh, with uh, Daniel Peña, uh, his new book, Bang, out with Arte Publico Press, uh, will be coming as well this spring. Um, and he'll be sitting in with us and conversing. And we wanted to make sure to send a shout out and a thank you to our partners in crime, uh, Imprint, specifically Koopa Purik, uh, Rich uh, Levy, and Christine Flack. Uh, and then our producer, Josh Walker, Ooh, who guy, with 150 yes. Media House, uh, for doing all the work on this. Uh, thanks for making us sound kind of better than we because well, uh. <laughs> and uh, thank you Annalisa for coming thank in you. and doing the interview and uh, we will see you guys with our next episode if you like this podcast share it tell people you like people you hate and uh, we'll be back with another episode real soon thanks guys thank you for listening to Inkwell a collaboration between Tintero Projects and Inprint Inkwell is hosted by Jasmine and Lupe Mendez of Tintero Projects, produced by Kristen Flack and Krupa Parikh of Inprint, and recorded, engineered, and edited by Josh Walker with 150 Media House. Inkwell is made possible by a grant from the City of Houston through the Houston Arts Alliance and Inprint's other generous supporters. For more information, visit tinteroprojects.wordpress.com or imprinthouston.org. For feedback on this and future episodes, email inkwell at imprinthouston.org. Until next time, keep reading, keep writing.